welcome to Jeanette's TV and podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Burke, and today we are talking all things real estate because the real estate market is hotter than ever. And before I bring my guest on, expert real estate agent, Randy Goodman from Harvey Callis Real Estate, I would just like to take a moment to uh, talk to you about a couple things. First of all, what you're going to hear today is going to be applicable to you, whether you live in Canada, in Toronto, in Vancouver, or even outside of Canada, the US, UK, uh, Australia, New Zealand, because real estate is pretty much following the same trends wherever. And before we bring Randy on, I want to remind you that we do have a Patreon link to donate as we continue to bring you the best content we can during this pandemic and no donation is too big or too small. You can also support us with our merchandise. We have Jeanette's TV t-shirts. Here's an example. And we also have sweatshirts in your color and size of choice. They come with either the Jeanette's TV logo and tagline or an inspirational saying made by me and one of my guests in a previous episode. All you have to do is order and it's conveniently shipped with tax straight to your door. And you can find out more about our Patreon link and how you can order Jeanette's TV and podcast merch below in the descriptions where there are also going to be links. Now back to the interview. Welcome to the stage and to my show, Randy Goodman, who is a real estate agent with Harvey Callis Real Estate here in the Toronto area. Welcome, Randy. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me, Jeanette. It's such a pleasure to be on your show. And thank you for showcasing people and constantly bringing great entertainment and information to the world. Thank you. Well, thank you, Randy. It's my passion. It's my purpose. But, you know, let's talk about your passion and purpose and how you actually got into the world of real estate. Um, the reason I bring this up is because, you know, Randy has an, another side to her. She also uh, empowers small business owners and particularly women business owners with um, business events, as well as she's an eight time, eight time um, number one best-selling author. She's written lots of great books. But what led you into the real estate field from from uh, your your other business endeavors? You know, it's funny, Jeanette, because I've probably been told for like over 25 years by various different people, including my ex-husband, <laughs> you know, be a real estate agent. And I was like, yeah, poo-poo. But we've been investing in real estate for over 30 years. So I love real estate. Just I just never considered actually selling it myself. And then somebody said something to me a few years ago. And it just clicked. It was like, okay, now's the time to do it. And it's funny because two weeks into my schooling, my youngest son said, I want to take real estate. <laughs> So I went to school with my youngest son, which was tons of fun. And we got to go through the whole process together. Absolutely loved that. And we both got our licenses and uh, he's in school full time as well. So he's not actually uh, doing anything in real estate at the moment, but I continued on, of course. 
and I absolutely love it. I got my broker's license and have absolutely no intention of opening a brokerage, but I love, uh, you know, I'm always telling people, Jeanette, through the conferences, through the books and through life to elevate yourself. So of course, I'm going to live by what I preach as well and elevate myself to whatever levels I can. Of course. And I, I do believe that having real estate investment uh, in your portfolio is a great way to elevate yourself and your status. What do you see happening with these trends? Are they going to continue on the way they are? Or are we going to see an altering of the trends? Like, for example, it's been reported that the housing market is starting to slow down a bit due to the fact that uh, the government's imposed changes uh, for how to get a mortgage is getting tighter. So what do you see happening for the next few months throughout the summer? So, you know, everything can change with the drop of a hat, an announcement from the media or announcement from the government, everything can just be thrown. So really, um, you know, uh, economists are saying that, uh, you know, that, uh, sorry, the economists of the credit unions are saying that uh, prices will increase still till the end of 2021, maybe 7%. Then you've got September Reuters poll of 16 economists that say the growth could be 16% in 2021 with the lowest prediction at 11%. So, um, you know, the Toronto Real Estate Board says that uh, the growth will be supported by Canada's economic recovery um, to record or near record. Um, low borrowing costs and improve employment. You know, it's it's really crazy what's going on with COVID um, because it's obviously been an unprecedented impact across the board with what's happening. Um, you know, and as I said, I believe that this is a North American impact as well, not just Toronto. However, um, that being said, you were just mentioning about low interest rates. Is that going to be continuing or is there an expectation that interest rates will be going up and uh, will that be supported by our five major banks in Canada? So the interest rates are supposed to go up. Now, I'm not a mortgage agent, so don't uh, quote me, but they have reported that there'll be a half a percent increase in the stress test starting in June which will definitely have a huge impact on people's ability to pass that stress test and be able to qualify for a mortgage, which will in turn start to slow down the process a little bit, but they don't see it slowing down to the point where it, you're going to have, you know, a negative uh, effect. They still see things increasing to the end of 2021, regardless of that, but it will definitely hinder a lot more people, which means if they want to move, they may be going into the renting market. Right. So that was one of my other questions. Uh, there's something called the 5% rule, which I'm sure you're familiar with, and maybe you could explain, but part of that rule has, um, has a calculation to determine whether owning or renting or buying or renting is the way to go. Can you explain a little bit more about that or comment on that rule and how one should apply it? I can't comment on the rule directly, but as far as renting versus buying, like I said, 
people, it, it's a matter of affordability. So with, you know, COVID happening and causing increased amounts of unemployment, um, people wanting more space, they're, you know, having to move out of the Toronto area. Many are having to sell their homes because they can't afford to pay their mortgage anymore. And they are going after renting. So, you know, buying versus renting is really going to be a huge, it's going to be determined on their affordability, whether they're still employed, whether they're able to continue earning the same income or a better income than they were earning before. And now June with the mortgage stress test changing, they'll really have to be solid in their income in order to be able to qualify for a mortgage. So people who are buying, you know, maybe they're not spending money on travel, you know, and they're just got that money in the bank, uh, you know, and able to save up and be able to buy a house. Uh, other people who don't have a down payment to put down towards a house, at least the 5%, or uh, it should be, honestly, 20%, um, you know, that puts you in a better position. But you can get government help if you do have 5%. You still need to come up with that. So if you're looking at, uh, you know, if you want to stay in the GTA, you're going to spend eight, 900 or more um, on any kind of townhouse semi-detached or way more, right? Uh-huh. Um, so, so let's delve into this a little bit, um, just to digress a little bit. So we do see an explosion of uh, people moving from out of the downtown Toronto core, Toronto proper, into like um, suburban areas or regions that border the Toronto area, such as Mississauga, Oakville, uh, York region, and uh, Durham region. And so can you comment, like, is that is that become choice? Are more people looking to move away from the city? And if so, like to what areas or how far away are people willing to go? They're going far. They could go anywhere 80, 100 kilometers away, even more. They're going to cottage country. They're going to Hamilton. They're going to Kitchener. They're going to Niagara. They're going to um, Collingwood, you know, (laughs) Barrie, Innisville. They're traveling Far. They're going past Whitby. They're going into Clarington. Mm-hmm. Like in order, even Clarington, the prices they're fighting for them. They're selling in the high eights, nine hundreds for a detached house and and higher. So mm-hmm. honestly, they, they're moving out of Toronto because Toronto prices are so high they can't afford it. You know, for those that can't. So they have to go out and they're looking for more space because with people working at home now, they want more space. They have the kids at home. The kids are studying. They're online at school. You know, they're not even going back to the classroom. So Mm -hmm. they need a space to be able to take their work away from the family so they can have a private space and have a business conversation without getting bothered 20 million times a day. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then they want more space outside. They want to be able to go outside and sit because you can't go to the gym. You can't go (laughs) so many places you can't go. Yeah. With the lockdown rules, which they're going to open and change. 
you know, are we seeing an increase also in like go transit or people really thinking things through because, you know, COVID might have it that we're back in the office sooner than we think, which could be causing a lot of commuter time. Um, and how, how will this all be affected in these moves that are like 80 to 100 kilometers away from downtown Toronto? Yeah, so one of the things that my clients are saying to me is, you know, I want to be in this area, but they've already checked out where the transit lines are, where the go stations are. And they're like, mm-hmm. I want to be within 10 minutes of the go station or 15 minutes of the go station. They don't want to be far from a go station. So when we're choosing areas, we're choosing areas that would be close. But then these people don't even know for sure that they're going to be going back to the office. Or maybe they only have to go in one time a week or something like that, or very few times in a month. Mm-hmm. So they're really looking at what the potential, what the possibility is, whether they get to keep uh, continue to work at home. And if they do have to go to the office, then yes, they are considering how close they are to transit because they need to be able to go park their car there or mm-hmm. be able to be walking distance from there mm-hmm. uh, or a short bus ride and mm-hmm. actually be able to take the go train to whatever location they need to go to so Mm. it's definitely a consideration and they are very cognizant of it what what are some of the other considerations we talked about space um and 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 transit but what are some of the other considerations when we're out looking to either buy or sell a home throughout the pandemic that you can give us some, you know, tips on that we should be considering, you know, for both the buyer and the seller. So when someone's looking for a home, they are really considering having that space. So it was always, you know, way back when you had uh, concepts where you had so many different individual rooms in a house. Then the concept changed to open areas. So when you walked in, you had, you know, the kitchen was open to the living room and the dining room and everything's open space. It feels so free and fresh. Now that we're home, again, it's reverting back to being able to have those private rooms. Because if you're sitting in a big open area and somebody's talking on the phone just a few feet away from you, Mm -hmm. they're interacting with everything that you're doing or you can't concentrate or you can't have a private conversation you need to have a separate room so they're really considering being able to have those separate office spaces and it may be two of them that are in the house that you know they need two different rooms maybe mom and dad mom mom dad and dad whatever um, are needing to have their own space in the house you know is this why uh builders you know today there's still a lot of development like way throughout 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 york region throughout brampton throughout mississauga all these like neighboring sort of uh greater toronto areas there's so much development and so much building and i wanted to touch upon this in two ways number one a few minutes ago you said renting may become more popular than buying so this lends me to ask like so why is there so much new building going on and the second part of it is why are is this you know um this need for space has this given rise to what seems to be the most popular uh, type of home being built right now is these townhouse complexes that are three stories high. Was that designed purposely to give more space? 
and to get like more separate rooms, as you were saying. So developers are building. Um, if they had already, like the rules keep changing. So if the developers, and depending on the size of the properties and whatnot, whether it's a large condo unit or whatnot, it depends on whether the developer can actually be building or not. But for the ones that are building, they are building townhouses because think of it, think of it logically, number-wise, dollar-wise, if I have a, a lot of land, how can I maximize, if I'm a developer, how can I maximize my ROI on that piece of land? Well, the best way to maximize it is to build townhouses because you have, you're not wasting any space in between the homes, they're all together. And they're usually single car garages, sometimes they're double car garages. And they really, some, most of them, actually not most of them, but quite a lot of them are being built without even a backyard, right? Mm -hmm. so you go to your garage and you see another garage right across from you or your front lawn, you see another house in front of you. There's not even any grass in between. So they're really maximizing on the space. And then they go up three stories because they can give you more house. So if you mm -hmm. want a 2,500 square foot house, you can get that by having three, three floors above plus a basement. Mm -hmm. You can really maximize on your space. Then you can have different levels of the house where you have, you know, multiple private rooms that you can use for work or play or school. Yeah. Or so it sounds like, yes, it's about ROI for the developer, but they're also meeting demand of what people want in terms of they want space, they want private rooms. And they want to make it affordable at a certain price level that will attract buyers. So speaking of buyers and sellers, um, there's a couple of things going on that I wanted to get some more sort of insight on. And that is what is going to be for this new generation millennials uh, trying to buy into the real estate market? Is it going to become harder for them to do so? And will they be able to do so if they do not have parents to help them put down a down payment? That's a great question. And if they don't have parents that can help with a down payment, which many of them are utilizing, uh, they have to have a great job. Like they have to have a great income. Or maybe they have multiple incomes, you know, or they have investments that are bringing a great return, but they need to be putting money away and having that money multiply for them. They really need to have a good financial person in hand who can really look at their best interests and make sure that they're able to, you know, grow their money because what they have to do is put away for a down payment. And mm -hmm. it's not an easy thing. So I know because there's been a lot of reports on this where, you know, young people are going even as far as Guelph and learning that the a home that was once 400,000 is now over six or 700,000, even 800,000 in a short span of less than a year. Uh, does that mean that for many young people looking to start a home and a family, home ownership is just not going to be within their reach? It might not be in their immediate reach, 
uh, with the right people around them that can help them save and grow their money as they reach, sorry, as they want to obtain their goal, they can definitely obtain it. I wouldn't, you know, uh, throw that idea to the wayside. Mm-hmm. It just might not happen today, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so they, they may have to rent for a bit first exactly. and then get to ownership. Oh, so let's talk about the other side of the coin, which is, you know, the seniors, the parents who are uh, coming into retirement and wanting to help their kids by maybe selling a home that they already own. So how is it affecting the other side, the parents and the parents' retirement, if they, you know, have a home in the GTA that they want to sell now? So there's different options for them. Like, people who are over 55, they want to tap into equity that they have in their home. They can go to chip mortgages, they can uh, refinance their home. Uh, Maybe they did a reno on their home and they've increased the value of their home. Uh, Maybe the home just appreciated because of time. Uh, So there's lots of ways to tap into your equity without even having to sell. They don't necessarily have to sell their home they can tap into that equity other ways. So I would definitely speak to a good mortgage broker about that mm-hmm. because they would have all the options for them. But uh, so is it causing them to have to sell their house? Some are choosing to, some mm-hmm. might choose to go into a retirement home or a retirement area, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where they have a fixed amount that they spend every month um, instead of having to worry about the maintenance on a home and that kind of thing. But uh, as far as, supporting their children, you know, unless they have no equity in their home, then, uh, you know, there's really no reason why they should have to sell. Um, and, you know, if they have no unless equity, they want they to and go to something small. Yeah. And they may want to move hours away. You never know. Yeah. Well, they may, because they may be uh, farther ahead for the retirement plan that way, selling high here, going to a smaller place, buying less gives them extra money to uh, invest, really, and maybe more money even to help their kids with. So what advice do you have for uh, buyers and sellers right now? Like if, I, if, if somebody wants to put their house up on the market right now to possibly get you know, the, the most amount of money for it now while the market is high. What advice do you have for them about what they could do to make, you know, to make sure they get the most amount of money for their home? Another great question. You know, you really want to increase, sorry, today the market is crazy. Like, you know, you are definitely going to get the biggest buck for your bang. <laughs> but you know it's um what can you do make sure you have a great curb appeal like the very second someone drives up to your house if they think it looks like a dump they may not even want to go in the house you could have the most pristine gorgeous house inside nobody's seeing it because they don't like what the outside looks like don't ignore the outside but then inside Make sure that you have a finished basement if you have the funds to do that or if you're able to refinance in any way or tap into your equity and, uh, you know, make some upgrades. Is your house 50 years old Then you've never upgraded a bathroom or a kitchen? You know, like there's lots of things you can do in your home. You still have carpets everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, get rid of them unless they're brand new. 
right? So a lot of people don't like the carpets in there anymore with the dust and everything. And now that we're staying at home, you want to minimize those things. You want to minimize mm -hmm. the dust. So you may want to get rid of carpets and most. So, so you are saying at least a few renovations, but some people think they could still get top buck as is if they haven't even put any renovations in, in like 30 or 40 years. Is that true? Absolutely. And one of the things that I'd, I'd like to suggest is that if you have a house that is really, really old and people, and, and I know you don't take personal offense to this, but if it's a teardown, then putting money into the home is, to me, is not worth it. And, and someone mm -hmm. might disagree with me, but what is the point of putting 50 grand in, upgrading the kitchen, upgrading a bathroom or two, and then someone's just going to tear it down. It's not money in, money out. You know, uh -huh. you don't get back what you put in. So uh -huh. if you're thinking that way, stop thinking that way because it doesn't Okay, work so we've way. covered the tips for the for the owners, the buyer. What about the uh or sorry, the sellers? Um I wanted to get some tips for people who are looking to purchase a home. What are some of the things that they really should be aware of? Like for example, um you know, today homes are on the market, maybe two, three days and sold, which is causing people to maybe rush through looking through the home and not maybe seeing everything they really are, should be seeing or knowing exactly what they're getting into. What type of advice do you have for someone buying a home today that they should be on the lookout for in this type of situation? So today, especially because of what's happening in the market, Quite a few homeowners are doing a pre-inspection. So they're having their home inspected before they put it up for sale so that they have this available. And, if, and they're able to fix any major repairs that the inspector might find if they find any and be able to preempt that. So having a pre-inspection, now whether the seller did it or not, the buyer can have that done. Now, Granted, you're not going to want to do it on every single house and there's no guarantee you're going to be able to win the bid on the house either. Mm -hmm. But, you know, doing a pre-inspection is always a great idea mm -hmm. on a home. You want to be, you know, you want to ask the right questions. Ask if there's been any water damage. Ask if uh, they have any concerns with their home. Quite often they'll tell you, like if they had a leak from the bathroom upstairs, quite often they'll tell you, we had a leak, we found where the leak was and we fixed the leak, mm -hmm. right? So a, a lot of them will be honest and tell you what's going on. You know, did you have any water leakage in the basement? Oh yeah, we redid the entire outside of the house. Like you'd mm -hmm. be amazed at what you can find out by asking the right questions. So right. Could this afraid. also be a bargaining chip? Because uh, you know, typically houses today are going far over asking price. Yeah. But if these type of things were found, would that be an incentive <laughs> to? At what at one time you could say, well, if you have this damage and that damage, but that was a time when there weren't competitive bids going on. Right. Right now, you can have five, ten, or more offers Thanks. coming yeah. in on the same place, and that's whether it's a purchase or a lease and people are fighting for it, they could go two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars over asking or sometimes more. So really, you want to be able to ask the right questions. Don't be afraid to ask 
if mm-hmm. there's any damages, any concerns, you know, how long have they been there? What is, you know, what year did they replace the roof? How old is the furnace? How old are the windows? Like ask the questions. Yeah, because out. you want to mitigate any further complications or additional money that you may have to put in after you fight to get a mortgage for what they're asking, possibly more. So yeah. maybe people need to think things through a little bit more and not be so hasty. Um, but I want to also ask you about the mortgage itself. So, um, I understand that today, you know, mortgages are coming through pretty close to closing time and sometimes they're not coming through. What happens if you actually make a offer on a house with, you know, with, and sign it off that you're going to buy, but it was contingent on the mortgage coming through the financing coming through and then it doesn't does that open you up can you be put in a position where the owner of the home is expecting a sale your financing hasn't come through you're on the hook you can't get sued for that is that possible okay so if you have an accepted offer and there was a condition in the offer for financing say it's a five-day condition so you would, the buyer would have five days to firm up with their lender to get in writing that it's guaranteed that they will get their financing on closing. Then they can fulfill that condition and say, okay, here's the fulfillment. We sign off both the buyer and seller and say, okay, we're, we're good. We're going to get the financing. So the other part is what happens if you did have an approval of financing but for whatever reason, the lender didn't close with you on closing day. Does the seller have any recourse? Absolutely, they do. They do. Now, the buyer may have recourse too, <laughs> depending on what right. their arrangement was. But, you know, if the lender doesn't follow through and help them close on the property, and absolutely the seller has recourse. Now, if you have a good seller, maybe the seller had a ton of interest on the property. It was a quick closing. They know that they can go back to some of the other people. Maybe they're constantly being watched. You know, is this property going to close? Sometimes that happens too. Then maybe they have people they can go to and be able to salvage a sale and still be able to close with somebody else. But Mm -hmm. There's definitely some sort of recourse. I'm not the lawyer. I'm not the mortgage person, but definitely uh, be in contact with them. They can advise you properly. But also as the real estate agent, I know you're very resourceful and you come uh, with like um, you can refer out like to mortgage uh, lenders, mortgage brokers, um, financial advisors, uh, even lawyers. Correct. Do you do this for your clients? Absolutely. I thought so. Okay, so we're nearing the end of the interview. We've got about a few minutes left, and I want to give you a chance to tell us anything else that's going on with you in your business uh, that you haven't had uh, yet a, a time to say. So um, go ahead and tell us anything else that you think you know we may have missed or you want people to know about you and your business and the real estate market. Anything else you would like to add? Thank you, Jeanette. So, yes. The uh, pre-COVID market was hot. I know people are looking at the market right now and going hot, hot, hot. But pre-COVID, it was hot. And then it, of course, started to slow down in March 2020 and April. Uh, But June, it started to come back. So, you know, we really had a bounce back of the market. And then it started to get very hot. Um, 
you know, for my business, I absolutely love helping my clients and I do not limit myself to an area. I have investors that I work with and quite often they're looking in multiple different areas. So I could be West, I could be East, I could be North, not South obviously, but uh, <laughs> you know, I love helping my clients, whether they're buyers, sellers or investors. And I will definitely help them in commercial or residential. I, I just, you know, whatever their needs are. I'll throw in for you too, that, you know, you are licensed for the whole province of Ontario, correct? Yes. Yes. And so that means uh, if if a client is looking to buy and sell right here in the GTA or outside of the GTA, or if they're looking to, you know, buy a second property, like a cottage, which apparently that's also going uh, hot, hot now, (laughs) cottage country, the second home uh, for summer travel, because people still are not, traveling internationally or into the US with our borders are still being closed. Um, we don't, we are coming closer out of, of the pandemic, but we still have a little more pandemic to deal with. Um, also the investment side, you were mentioning that where, you know, if, if you want to get into another property for income or rental purposes, you can also help them with that too. And I want to remind everyone that, uh, Randy can be contacted if you, if you don't mind, Randy, give it, give me your uh, phone number and how we can get in touch with you. I know you have your uh, website here on the banner, but we'll also include it at randygoodman.com. But what are some of the other ways we can get in touch with you, Randy? The best way to get me is either through my website, randygoodman.com or dreamhomeswithrandy.com. Those are the best places to get a hold of me. Of course, you can find me all over social media, but uh, uh, going through the website would be perfect. Okay. And um, do you have anything that, you know, like a newsletter or something that people can sign up for to get some more of this, you know, sage real estate advice you have? Absolutely. We have great articles that we're sending out a couple times a month. Love to share with you. Again, if you go to dreamhomeswithrandy.com, you can definitely sign up there. Thank you. Okay. Dreamhomeswithrandy.com. So you can sign up for even more great information. Well, Randy, you've been an an incredibly informative guest today on the topic of real estate. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for joining us. Please remember to like and share and comment on all our posts. You can find us everywhere on the internet, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, Vimeo, YouTube, um, Clubhouse, it's the new one, um, Instagram, like truly, we are everywhere. Hashtag Jeanette's TV and podcast. And until next time, continue to be Fabulous. This is Jeanette Burke, your host, signing off. Thank you, Jeanette.